Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And you know, this has been a week where every dog and almost every horse has pointed to the exact location of where they prioritized their care. And you can learn so much from listening to your animals, whether you're the owner, the trainer, the rider, the, you know, um, the person who works with them, or the person who watches them. And you can hear Natiri agreeing with us in the background. If you listen to your animals when you are treating them, and if you listen to your animals to when they need treatment, it's amazing how useful that is. Yeah, because you're going to notice things. You're going to notice that change in behavior that, oh, my horse doesn't usually act like this or my dog doesn't usually act like that. You know, those are beginnings of things where your animal is starting to tell you something that it needs help. And then it gets to the point where, you know, if you're riding the horse and it starts throwing you off when it never has before, it's trying to tell you something. We pay attention. That's what we do. And when it begins for us, when we first walk in and watch and look into the, we walk into a stall, we see how that horse is standing because a lot of times just the way it stands lets you know what it's protecting or what is bothering it. And what I find, which is really, really interesting for me is when I think I'm done, I'm not. And yesterday the horse that won the Grand Prix, uh, down here in Wellington, I checked him before he went in and he literally put his nose on a rib and said, I, I need this addressed. And I don't speak to horses and I'm not psychic and I am not a communicator. However, they are communicators and tuning in. I can't tell you how many times people who don't know anatomy and physiology and can't name the muscles will say, you know, I felt something was wrong and they just kept looking at me and putting their nose on that spot. So it was more important to be aware than to name that which you're aware of, right? Yeah, because you have to really focus in on what the horse is doing, how it's breathing, right? Or the, or the dog. Watch their breath. You know, you touch a certain spot. What do they do? Do they hold their breath? Do they suck breath in really quick? Do they twitch? Does their whole body twitch when you touch certain spots? These are all clues into what that animal's trying to tell you. And as they've said, when some, when, when they're doing something they've never done before, checked another animal yesterday, he never ever nips. And now he's nipping. He's not biting, he's not growling, he's not turned aggressive, but there's been a change in behavior. That is a flag. It's not necessarily a red flag. It's a waving the flag saying, hey, focus on this, it needs some attention. Something has shifted, something has changed. And the thing is, you know those words, maybe it'll go away, oh, maybe they'll just, the excuses people make for their, um, the problems that they are noticing or the second guessing of themselves, do not second guess yourself. Trust yourself that if you notice something, if you notice a head tilt, if you notice that all of a sudden they're air cribbing, all of a sudden there's a limp and you go, oh, I bet you he stubbed his foot. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. 
trust that if your attention is going there or they are literally putting your hand, cats will do that, they will grab you with their paws and take your hand to what spot is causing them grief. And if you don't focus, they will cause you grief. (laughs) (laughs) Cats are good at that, you know? And like uh, the other day we had a horse that I picked up its right front and it just gave it to me and I stretched it all the way out. I went to pick up the left front and it wouldn't straighten its leg out. If I could pick it up, if I held it at the carpus, but if I held it, tried to hold it at the hoof and straighten it out, it just yanked it back. And then you realize that it's not stable in its hind end, so it can't shift its weight back. So it was telling me, hey, look, the problem's not there. The problem's back there. And you know what's so cool is that when you are passionate about your animal, when you as a practitioner are passionate about, there is a community of people that you can pick up the phone and call. And I did that yesterday. And I called a veterinary colleague and I said, This is a behavior I haven't seen in the 43 years I've been doing this. And then I saw it three times in the last 48 hours. Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen this animal attempting to fix its own jaw while you're asking it to move its neck? Where's the connection? What's the message? Why is this happening? And literally she went, oh, footing. And I went, why? And the response was, I don't know, that's what came up. So your instincts, how, isn't it amazing that if a horse or a dog, because we, they jump down, they impact, they compress the front legs that goes up into the sternum and then translates all the way up into the omohyoid, up into the jaw, so that when you're attempting to move things in that lower cervical, upper thoracic forelimb, it all can then manifest into the, the face and the jaw. And then how are they going to tell you? Well, they literally move in such a way to get your attention. Now, you know, last week they got my attention by kicking me um, with <laughs> force in the leg. We'd rather pick up the subtle cues before we get you know, broken. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not broken, by yeah. the way. And if you get bit by the dog, Ooh. the dog was probably telling you something long before you got bit. You got to the, you just got to the point where you weren't paying enough attention, and it had to really get your attention to let you know that hey, that spot really hurts, and you keep poking it, and you poke it again, I'm going to bite you. And you, it's best to take the cues before that happens. Yeah, I had that last <laughs> week too, and it was really. Um, You know, they'll tell you nicely often once, maybe twice. If you ignore that or you use them to demonstrate what the problem is, the results can be. Whether this is your dog, whether this is your patient, whether this is your client's animal, you know, once you gain the information by paying attention, then it's really important to 
stop and do something about it or call someone who can do something about it as opposed to poking at it. And humans are notorious for doing this for themselves. I can't tell you how many people with sciatica have shown me by poking at themselves and then poking at themselves. And I'm like, well, good, you can... Or grabbing your finger and poking poking at themselves. themselves with your exactly you know there there is nothing valuable about irritating something that's irritated you know once you've established that this is the message but the messages come from being present and we may talk about this at some point on every single podcast if your mind is elsewhere you're not going to gain the information that you need and you're not going to get the best out of your athlete. You cannot be in what happened yesterday. You cannot be in the last time you showed. You cannot be in, you know, uh, wherever your head is at, other than in the moment, breathing with your animal and being fully, fully present so that you can get all of the information that's pertinent and perform to the best of both your abilities. Yeah, and it also increases your efficiency. As you become more present time consciousness and you're really focusing on what you're doing as you're scanning that animal and you're really present, you'll get to pick up on the cues that the animal lets you know that's a spot, that's a spot, that's a spot, that's a spot. And it's really important that you're able to focus on that because those will give you the idea of the areas of treatment. A lot of people miss those things and and they always wonder, hey, I don't, you know, we've had five other people look at this animal and can't figure it out. And a lot of times it's just focus. You know, you, it, you have a come in with a different focus and it makes all the different perspective in the world. Yeah, so it's like looking at an elephant through a straw. What, what are you going to see except gray? But if you open your aperture and look and you know, when people impress me the most is when they said, you know, I heard the dog walking across the kitchen floor and there was something different at its gait. And for horses, I heard them walking up the aisle and instead of clip, clop, clip, clop, it was sort of clip, clippity, clop, clip. It's like, okay, your attention is drawn to the difference. For those of you old enough to have read Highlight Magazine, sitting in an office waiting, you were always asked to circle what's different, circle what's different. And I think that literally trained me to notice what's out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary doesn't have a value attached to it. It gives you a reason to look further into that. And as we're doing this podcast, the puppy just limped over, literally walked in a way that she has never walked before. And I realized that because of a broken leg behind and all the therapy behind, sometimes the front end gets neglected and gets tight. And it's simply a tight tricep until it becomes a dislocated shoulder, a jammed joint, and the body needs to heal it and perhaps create a deformity. So the earlier you focus, the less likely you have any permanency to the problem. Yeah. And you know, people always say, you know, it must be hard to work on animals because they can't tell you. Yes, they do. They tell you all the time. It's a different type of listening than it it's is with humans. It's a more accurate type yeah. of listening. Yeah, because with humans, humans give you the story. And animals, they just show you. They just let you know where, where it hurts. 
You know, they're, they're much more in tune with themselves because they're not on their cell phone. They're not worrying about tomorrow. They're not doing, you know, they, they are, are in the moment. They are in the moment. The interesting thing too with animals is that you do have personalities. You do have a dog that will limp for days because it gets them attention. Drama dogs. You you have drama dogs. (laughs) Yeah, and they're not always the little ones. We have drama Dobermans and we have, you know, there there is no doubt it is not breed specific. On the other hand, you also have the stoic ones that are not gonna tell you that something hurts until it's catastrophic. So as you learn to watch and focus and breathe with them and listen. The other day we had a horse that that likes to bite us all the time. It's just a part of her personality. But this time it was walk in the stall and the aversion was there. It's like, okay, this is escalated. This is different. Where's the pain? And it was absolutely incredible because when she showed me her sternum, and, and, you know, went to bite herself, and you addressed it, dropped her head, and was perfectly fine to work on the rest of the time. So it's, I learn from them every single day, and I invite you not only to learn from the animals that you work on or you work with, but also to collaborate to say, hey, I've not seen this before, have you? And what did it mean to you? Because we can all learn from each other, and it's, it is a level of community that I think is very valuable for us and for our, our animals that we love so much. Yeah. And the bottom line is keep your focus. Keep your focus. Be present when you're in there with those animals because they will tell you everything you need to know. Well, we wish you a day of attention and intention because your intention guides your ability to perform and your attitude is directly related to your altitude. Have a spectacular, wonderful rest of your day. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.